Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Simon Severino of Strategy Sprints about agile strategy. Uh, Simon's a speaker, author, business coach, and father of three, also an Austrian. Throw another shrimp on the Barbie uh, for that. And uh, I don't, I guess I'd say, are people in Austria familiar with that joke from Dumb and Dumber? And, and thanks for coming on the show, Simon. Happy to be here. Hello, everybody. Hi. Is the is the Dumb and Dumber throw another shrimp on the Barbie joke something that's familiar there, hated, unfamiliar? What what are your thoughts on it? Hot hot topic. <laughs> we just remember one of them licking these this key lift and and then being stuck on it. That's that's all. We are oh. we are skiers. Yeah, like the direct reference to Austria. We don't care so much about, but uh, what kind of idiot licks a ski lift? Well, dumb and dumber. It's right in the title. <laughs> All right. So that's our uh, our hit on movies from 40 years ago or however long ago that was, probably 30 years ago almost now. Okay. So today's topic, uh, agile strategy, I'd like to start off, and you've got a new a, a book I mean, not specifically on agile, but um, on growing an online business. I definitely want to to get into that, but um, I'd love to just hit as many of these agile topics. I'm a huge fan of agile, everything, and just kind of let our audience know what it is. And um, right off the bat, three growth levers in agile. Can you can you tell the audience, I guess, a general description of what that agile fill in the blank is? And then let's hit on those growth levers. So what is agile? Agile is when your pace of change on the inside can keep up with the pace of change of the outside. So what's the outside? It's your client. And if your client needs changed because there is a pandemic, how fast can you change your product, your offer, your processes to respond to that? If you are slower, then their needs change. You are not agile. If you are at least as fast as the outside changes, then you are agile. That's mm. the difference. I'd imagine more important in some industries, changing industries and others. So it's basically the opposite of being that huge when they describe a giant business as a huge ship that takes a long time to turn. You know, that's not that's not very true. I know that most people talk about big ships and small ships. It's not true. There are very big businesses that are very agile. They can be. Oh, um, yeah. But I'm saying typically the big business has that problem. They can be agile, but that's the, the typical scenario. Amazon and Google are two examples of companies who are very agile. I'm sure there's Google. small ships that also take a long time to turn sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There are solopreneurs who take forever to do stuff. Yeah. So, but Google, Google fucks up 1000 projects per quarter. 1000 per quarter are a failure and they know it and they are quick at just discarding it. I, I got an email today from Google saying, Hey, you know what? Your Google, my business profile, we are just canceling that. We don't go, uh, you know, Google My Business will not be an app anymore. You find it just on Maps, okay? Update your pro your business profile. Just update it on Maps. So they just decided we discard it. Yep. Google Plus, we just discard it, and that's smart. Yeah, they throw things away quickly. Um, I've read a lot on. Uh, I guess a lot of companies get in love with their um, 
with their current channels. I remember hearing, you know, Apple had a big issue where they were like, when Steve Jobs came back, what do you mean you want to chop all these products and then create this other product that's going to undermine the sale, our main sales? And he's like, you have to undermine yourself. You have to. Yeah. He basically changed it from a, a company that had a ton of product lines into saying, we're just going to focus on a couple things and be able to change quickly and cannibalize ourselves so somebody else doesn't. That's agile. And then you asked, what are the three growth levers? If you want to double revenue in 90 days, and people go, oh, that's impossible, double revenue in 90 days. Uh, it's, it's easy if you do these three things. Just focus on the three growth levers. We do this 12 times every day because we coach entrepreneurs in exactly that, doubling revenue in 90 days. And it's even our promise, so we have to deliver. And some of them quadruple just by doing these three things. So ask of all the activities that you are doing, all the projects that your team is doing, are they really hitting at least one of those three things? You want to improve by 25% your conversion rate. You want to improve by 25% the price that you can charge for the same thing. And you want to improve by 25% the sales frequency. That means either making the sales time shorter or creating an upsell cross-sell system that works. So is this a concept of, I mean, you're basically changing your, not just your internal practices, but your, your possibly your product offerings. You change whatever needs to change. <laughs> your body changes all the time. Uh, today, you your body got rid of, I don't know, three kilograms and then four liters of something, but you also took in like three kilograms and four liters of something. We are all changing, all living systems, adaptive systems. They change all the time. But the question is, are you changing the right things or the wrong things? Mm -hmm. um, and so the right things to change, if you want to double sales in 90 days, then focus on the three growth levers. 25% up with the price, 25% up with the conversion rate, 25% down with the sales time. Interesting. Okay. Um, now, I guess your sales time has, you can't, if you have a six month sales time, that does it, then you need to tweak that even more because yeah within within 90 days you'll barely see your first sale if you half your sales time and it's a six month cycle <laughs> let but me the, tell the you general let concept me tell you is focus on sprint. those three things yeah let me tell you a sprint where she started with us and she is a high ticket b2b uh she's a sales trainer right when 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 coca-cola needs better sales it's it's her who they call and so her time to land Coca-Cola as a client was on average 13 months. And that's average for B2B high ticket sales, 13 months. Sometimes it's 18 months. And so we started, we mapped it out and we see that it's 13 months. And I go, how do you feel with 13 months? And she said, I hate it. I hate it. I have to have 16 lunches in three countries before I close that account. And we go, you know that, that there is a direct path to shortening that? And she goes, no, you, you show me the path. And so we did just one, one of the 274 templates in the Sprint University. One, it's called the RBS, Relationship Building Sequence. And, and that might be relevant for everybody listening. So maybe I tell you about that sequence. It's just one tactic, but it got her sales time with the Coca-Colas of this world from 13 months 
to two months. Everybody's so, now, please tell me, is what everybody's thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So two months are 60 days. And um, we have created 60 emails with her. And the art of, of creating a good email. So basically, we map out what's your value creation. How do you get them interested? How do you engage them? And how do you make them ready for sex? That's the whole thing that you need to do quicker. So you said and 60 we, emails and we have a two months we're getting into. So that's an email a day. Exactly. You want to create an, a, as many experiences with you as possible in that time period. For us, it's 14 days. For her, it was 60 days. So for these 60 days, we thought, and we created with her an RBS, relationship building sequence. How many experiences can we create in 60 days? So the goal was to have 18 wows, small wows, small magical experiences with her touching her magic uh, because um, statistics says so. And basically you can look it up. There is Salesforce data that will show you exactly how many contact points before a, a big ticket closing the deal happens. And it's last time I checked it, it was around 16 contact points. Mm. So you want to have 16 contact points. There's two different metrics here. I want to separate for the audience. There's a very similar metric for marketing, number of touches to basically to get the contact, um, different than you, what you're talking about, right? So I think it's like 12 or something like that on average to to get the meeting or whatever it is when lead generation. But this is talking about closing the deal. There's also an average number of touches. Yeah. And I take the whole thing from awareness to closing. And we said... How many can we create? We want to create at least 16 in two months, at least 16 wows. So they don't know you to they work with you. How fast can we do it? And so we created a daily email series. And the first email was sending, of course, there is the art of the subject line and is the art of the call to action, etc. But I don't want to bore everybody here. We created the first thing that we we do is, okay, what's the belief system? Um, what's the, and we do back engineering, right? At the end, you want to have the belief system. Oh, I have to call Laura to improve my sales because that's the best for Coca-Cola. That's the last belief system. But where do they start with? They start with, oh, not another sales consultant. That's a waste of my time. So right. you have to pick them up at their bus stop. So come from their belief system. And so the first email was, I'm another sales consultant. Do you want to waste time with me? Ha, ha, ha. And uh, now why it's not wasting time? I, I don't want either to waste time, but why, why do I still send you this email? And by the way, did I introduce myself? I'm Lisa. And so it was a fun, informal way of starting conversations. Second email was, uh, by the way, I didn't tell you, but I made a video for a client of mine and I put it on LinkedIn it's about how they can solve this problem. And I know in your industry, it's a big problem. Uh, I run the numbers. Uh, I share them in the video. I'm curious what you think. And so they go on LinkedIn. Now you have a second touch point. Next day, we did the same with YouTube. Next day, we did the same with Facebook. Next day, we did the same with Instagram. And then it was a checklist that they download. And so you can imagine... Over the next day, we were omnipresent because when Coca-Cola now goes to sleep and they are out of the office and they take their iPad and they lay down 
just to relax and watch Netflix, but they pass over YouTube. Boom, there was Lisa on YouTube. So we created those 18 contact points in less than two months. And so when she then called Coca-Cola, they were 80% ready. So part of it is just being constantly in front of them kind of with a message that doesn't suck, obviously. So you have a unique message, a whole nother problem there. You come up with a very creative way of approaching. But when everybody starts using that approach, it's, it's going to stop working and you got to come up with another creative way of approaching. So I guess you need yes. creative people all the time to say, what are people not doing that we can use to not be the same as the other 10 emails they throw away today? Yeah, you just need to be true and de-bullshit whatever you learned from whatever tactic. So this was just working for Lisa and we developed it with Lisa because it was true to her. My own RBS is very different. If you go to strategiesprints.com and you download anything, you will get my own RBS if you want to see another flavor. And But for every client, we help them develop their own true voice and their own true style. Some people do more videos. Some people do more checklists. Some people do more spreadsheets. Some people are more defensive. Some people are much more aggressive. If it fits their, their positioning, their brand, what they stand for, what they're here to deliver. So for the them, only thing is not, the only thing is to make it real. Make it like you would really talk to a friend and stop that corporate marketing BS. Nobody wants a newsletter. Nobody. I think I actually responded to somebody on LinkedIn the other day that sent me something. And I was just like, that's some great marketing mumbo jumbo. It was just like <laughs> a word salad of marketing words. Yeah. <laughs> And it was nobody needs it was, that. It was so it was like throw another shrimp on the Barbie almost. It was so on the nose that it was like a, a Saturday Night Live skit for, for sales and marketing people to me, where I was just like, wow, you put every buzzword into one sentence to mean nothing. That was kind of awesome. I think you were serious though. <laughs> um, yeah, you got to stay away from that. So this client in particular of yours, you're saying uh like their audience was regularly getting bombarded by consultants. So they were able to leverage, mention that, leverage that. But if, so each each product in Target or each company in Target is just going to have a different mixture of your personality and your target audience's kind of uh, situation, I suppose. We work by reduction. We want just to be, you, you, to, to, to be the guy that helps you to find your true essence and true voice. And just say it more often and more easily. Uh, they usually go from monthly email to weekly email to daily email. And when they first think of daily emails, they go, what? Is that even allowed? Oh, my God. Daily email? Oh, my God. They will all unsubscribe. They will hate me. And uh, if, if you come from a true, from your true voice, and if you come from an intention of sharing, and you come from, you know, from a good place, you are opening your heart, you're opening your wisdom for them to do better. They will love it. And I would say, some, yes, some people will unsubscribe because they just say, oh, I, got, I saw the same person in the last three days. I didn't even open the email. I'm going to bother to get rid of them now. Um, but I have dozens of emails that I get daily or weekly that I've been seeing for years and haven't opened and I don't still don't unsubscribe. And one day they might catch my attention. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh Unsubscribes are fine. You need, you need, you know, a, a vital list of people who really would miss it. Yeah. Please so, go away. You're like, great. I'll go away and focus somewhere else. Yeah. 
it's about writing for the right people, right? So they know if they are not the right one and they unsubscribe. That's absolutely how it should be. And and then there are some, when you don't send something, they will send you an email. They say, Simon, it's 10 days. I don't hear from you. Are you okay? And I go, oh, wow, look, they're missing it. <laughs> are you okay? What happened? You just, like, you're not leaving yeah. me, are you? Why did you stop? Where are you? Me? Are you breaking Where are you? <laughs> yeah, I need sales tips. Hello. Don't let me hang. Mm. So I like the, you have the videos because that triggers, like you said, when, once you go through to YouTube, when you go back, now you're going to see that they're going to keep pushing whatever you last saw to you more. So you, you're kind of uh, like putting an ad space in front of them. If they go view this, it's very targeted. It seems like, is this something where you're developing a target audience that's all going to like that video applies to all of them, or is this a bespoke kind of one-off um, for the individual that's being targeted type practice? It must be personal. It must be valuable and it must be unexpected. These are the must criteria. And then, uh, then there is the masterclass picking them up at their bus stop where exactly were in their belief, in their current belief. I like the unexpected. That's not one I've heard before. Um, and, and that is very good. Unexpected. Get people off balance uh, when, when they get that unexpected thing. Okay. So I want to get back to the agile part with, with these particular three growth levers. And I love the use of the word levers. I feel like for business growth, for agile stuff, anytime you can get leverage, it's a huge advantage. Um, how does the agile part play in with these with these three levers? Uh, what makes this technique particularly able to adjust on demand? So one of the things that we learned from, from the decades of agile movements out there and methods that are really, really helping many, many product teams in all countries is that if you do work small, it is more fun and you learn more. And also people, uh, teams get more productive because it doesn't feel like work anymore because they get more feedback loops. So how can you make work so small that the package gets shipped so fast, for example, in one hour instead of in one week or in one day instead of in one month? How can we make it small and ship it so that we get already feedback. So it's like the an opposite. instant gratification feedback loop when you make it. Yes. Mm. It's like angry birds. You shoot the bird uh, onto the pigs, right? It says 500 points. And then you shoot it again. It, it says 800 points. You want to shoot again for a thousand. But if you shoot that thing and then you have to wait, to wait, wait two weeks for the point report, that's not fun. Yeah. Nobody would play that. So why do we do that in business, right? You do stuff and then one month later, your CRM report or your SEO report will tell you if that blog was ever read. I don't want to know one month later. I want to feel it now. That's why I go live on YouTube. I want to feel it right now. Mm. And that gets, I mean, the agile aspect of if your sales cycle is six months long, how can you possibly be agile? Because you don't even have the feedback of whether what you're doing works for six months. It seems like that's kind of the, the critical reason you need to shorten things 
But then we get these vanity metrics where it's like, oh, we're just interested in opens on an email campaign. That's not really telling you your end result, though. And you know how I got there? It's, it's a personal story. I was very, very unhappy in some projects. And I was like, why am I so pissed in this project? It's incredible how low energy I am. I'm just pissed here. What's going on with me? And then I realized these were projects where people were just saying that they do stuff, but they were never doing it. And there was no consequence. And I said, all right, all right. Now I learned something about me. I don't want to be in an environment where people don't execute. So how, what do I do with this now? How do I act on this? And I said, people, there is a rule now. If you want Simon on your project, on your team, whatever, if you want to work with me, there is one rule. And the rule is whatever we do, every seven days, we will measure progress. There will be a session that's called review, and we will look at that. So every seven days. And so I lost 30% of the people that I was working with because they found it too intense. And it was the best idea of my life. So now I had a fewer projects and they were all rock and roll. And I was happy because on Friday, everybody would go into the weekend because we had accomplished everything. It was so intense. It was so cool. And then we would celebrate and over and uh, enjoy life. Right. You're getting and instant so I said, feedback. I feel like the people don't like it probably were the people that after the first week would have been obvious they weren't doing shit. Yeah. Like I can't have accountability in a week. I need to be able to hide my cubicle for a year before you realize I'm worthless. (laughs) (laughs) There are people who love to hide and there are people who love to measure. And I realized I am one of those who loves to measure. Mm -hmm. And those people like other people who also measure every athlete likes to measure. They want to see, Hey, did I hit it even faster? Uh, one kilometer, did I made it in two seconds faster? These are the people, they get each other, right? And they want to work with each other. And so I realized that I found my people, I found my tribe. And that became the strategy sprints method. And that changed everything. It changed everything. I was happier. And then later on, I discovered, well, but that's the basic principle of Scrum. Uh, It's just 14 days there. and, And it's seven days in the sprints method but it's the basic principle of many, many things that work well. And now I get it why it is. And the second thing was to chunk the whole year into 90 days. So instead of planning 12 months, all our activities are just on 90 days, three goals. And those three goals have 12 weeks sprints to get achieved. That's it. And every seven days we measure if we are moving towards that or not. That's now the strategy sprints method. It It was just by simplifying. uh... And I'm sure this probably from agile books and, and strategy sprint books I've read, but it reminds me of the method for running a marathon. You have mm-hmm. something very large to do. You can't try to envision the finish line that will break you mentally. They just look at a point in the distance that they can see and get to that point. And it's basically, they turn the marathon into like a thousand sprints. <laughs> yes, I am. I am training right now for a marathon. Uh, you know, I want to get back into fitness after, after the pandemic years. And so it's in September. I have enough time. 
And my trainer did exactly that. He's back engineering. The the last week is tapering. Okay, let's let's cut the last week. But week minus two, that's the exact simulation of the marathon. Exact simulation one to one. And every week goes down. It's a simulation uh, 95% intensity, 90% intensity, 85% intensity. And so this week I'm training for the marathon, but it's just a 5% intensity of that. But it's the same thing in small. It's like agile. How can you make it small? Simon, this is your week in training. You have to do four runs. One is fast, four hours low. This is the pace. And uh, I just have to do this just one week. Can I do one week? Of course. I can right. do one week. After that week, we will review. If he put in front of you week. the whole uh, the whole period and all the miles you'll be running, you'd be like, oh, God, this, I don't Oh, my God. I, I no, I quit. I quit. Sound, I'm dying right now. No, no, no. too much. <laughs> um, fantastic. Well, I, I want to take a quick break here. We're talking with Simon uh, Severino of, I'm sorry, your, your company, uh, Agile Strategy, right? Strategy sprints. Strategy sprints. Oh my, we're talking about agile strategy, strategy sprints. We will, I'll say we'll edit this out and then we won't, I'm sure. We will not edit that out to make me sound smarter. Uh, that's what I get. But uh, yeah, we're talking with uh, Simon Severino of Strategy Sprints about agile strategy. And uh, when we come back, Simon, I want, uh, want to learn a bit about you, about your company, what you guys do, about your new book. And then we'll, uh, we'll get more into uh, agile strategy as well. Uh, so... This is the FE Market Podcast with uh, Simon Severino. We'll be right back. Are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data, and we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted high-quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000, like if you market the podcast here, and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees, and 1,000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. Welcome back to the If You Market Podcast. We're here with Simon Severino talking about um, strategy, agile strategy, strategy sprints. Your company is strategy sprint, right? Did I get it exactly. right this time? Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. So I want to get into your company, but first want to get into you a bit. It's right on the screen. I don't know why I can't see strategy sprints. Um, I've got to stop looking everywhere else and just look on the screen. Hidden in plain sight. Yeah. Let's um let's talk about you though. Let's talk about Simon. Um, where'd you come from, Simon? How did you get into this business? And how did you get to where you're at, where you're doing speaking engagements and writing books and, and all this wonderful stuff? So I started working for a global consultancy and I had the, you know, as a junior consultant and then consultant, senior consultant, junior project manager, senior project manager, or all that food chain uh, game there. And I had the, the opportunity to fly to New York, work with amazing brands in the same week, then fly to Paris, work with other amazing brands on solving their big problems. Like, should we enter this market with that product? Should we do this launch? Should we stop doing that product, et cetera? 
and then flying to Shanghai and do the same thing again in the next week for in a completely different industry. And the cool thing was for me that when I was coming to one business and they were telling me their problem and I would have immediately 17 different ideas, I would share a couple of them and they go, wow, that's genius. And I go, no, that's not genius. That's like this other industry does all the time. And they go, Simon, we don't see all these industries. You, you see 12 industries per month. Yeah. We that's don't. the value of a consultant though. That's what, um, you know, people don't get is they're, they're outside the game, seeing other things, traveling the world. So I wanted to let people know real quick, um, Simon, going back even before that, you um, came from what the MIT Sloan School of Management. Uh, you also studied uh, philosophy and psychology. Yeah, yeah um, philosophy is in, my major uh, in psychology, yeah. In, in uh, Vienna. So that that's kind of, uh, that's Simon's background pre-consulting. How do you get from philosophy into, like, how do you get into consulting? What was the first, did you just open the newspaper and look at what, where can I get hired? And there was a consulting job and you interviewed and got it. Like, how do you get to that point even? Yeah, that's funny. So I first applied, so I studied philosophy and psychology and then I I was broke basically. So what do you do with a major in philosophy? You can be a cab driver. You can, <laughs> what yeah. do you do? You can sell books, right? So I had to find a real job. And so I applied for all kinds of things. And I remember even writing to McKinsey, hey, I would love to be, to work with you. And they go, no, no, we don't need philosopher. Thanks, bye-bye. Not even an interview. And so what I did then was, okay, I started my own thing, uh, my own little uh, experiments and my own little formats. And one was asking people in society, that's what philosophers do and psychologists do, hey, what are you taking in from, from society and how are you impacting society? And it was a one-day format for free and people would come. So kind and of a one, sociology study kind of. Yes, I was doing applied sociology for free. And, uh, and, uh, and some of these participants were, were pretty cool people. One was the famous uh, TV host, news host of my country. And another one was working for a big consultancy and they were hiring, they were looking for people. And so after that format, he said to me, hey, Mr. Serena, you know what? We are looking for people that are exactly like you that do applied sociology with the CEOs of these worlds and that, that have the guts to ask these questions that you just asked us. Uh, would you like that? I said, yeah, I would love to. Uh, um, and so that, that got me started. It's interesting. I feel like uh, when you get a philosophy degree, companies will know you can think, but they don't want thinkers. They want doers. So you mm -hmm. went out and showed you could do also. And then they were like, oh, probably didn't even know you had a degree. Who cares about a degree in philosophy? But they were like, this guy's smart and he's out doing stuff. We want him. Yes, they liked the, the power of questions. If you want you know, good senior consultants in a consultancy, you want somebody who can look in the eye of an executive team and say, this is the part that's broken in your sales process. So your and interview, that, initial interview process was really going out and creating this, this group and pulling the people in. Um, you were like, okay, they won't take me for an interview, so I'll take them for an interview and show them who I am. <laughs> yeah, I was just using the resources that I have. I, 
I can ask, I can listen, I can ask questions. Okay, come together. Let's talk about relevant uh, questions of life. So you're in the, okay, so you get into the consultant business that way. Um, let's jump back ahead to where you were. Sorry, I want to jump back into the, the schooling there a bit. Um, let's jump ahead to where you were. You're, you're in this consultant industry. I think we mentioned in the first half that you were kind of unhappy with how things were going and how yeah. these things operated, but you're showing people amazing stuff. That's simple to you. Cause you've seen it work other places blowing their minds. Where do you go from there? So one part was working. One part was very frustrating. The working part was when, when they asked us, Hey, how can we solve this problem, etc.?" We always came up with ideas and that was super helpful for them because we would know 12 different industries and there always was a solution already in another industry for what they needed. And so we would be super quick in the, in, in telling them. So that's the and philosopher. Then, Here's an idea yeah. that's good. Well, yeah, that's when you see 12 industries. For example, consultants always think they cannot scale, but McDonald's knows how to scale. So if you know McDonald's business and if you know consulting business, you can help all consultancies. And so I was very helpful for all consultancies. But that's but that's just this, what was working. The other part that is not that was not working was they weren't executing. So they knew now that they can create a franchise model. So change your business model to a franchise model. Next month, when I come, we continue. I come back next month, they have executed nothing. They were just talking in meetings. And that was for me the frustrating part. Why do people do so much blah, 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 instead of executing what they know that needs to be done? And so I realized they lack the tools. They don't cut things in small parts. They don't sprint. And so I said, okay, let's teach the sprint method. Uh, it's working for on the product level and on for software teams. Why not create that same thing for how to run a business. Now and you're so getting said, into okay, psychology and you're doing like, okay, we're going to have to do baby steps with you to get this problem solved. <laughs> exactly. You have to pick people up at their bus stop, right? And then move from one bus station to the next bus station. And so exactly that's what I did. So I collected all the tools that were working. Uh, there are now 274 templates in the Sprint University. And um, I, I collected them and I said, hey, if you are my client, you have access to all of these tools. And they go, oh, yeah. And so I'm on to something now. Excellent. And you figured out a way to scale consultancy by saying, here's all these tools that people yes. can just take and start getting things done. That's awesome. Um, so let's jump into, I don't know, let's do a choose your own adventure. You want to talk about strategy sprints, your company or about your new book first? <laughs> the book was fun because I'm an Italian, so I, I cannot speak English, as you can see. So how, how could I possibly write a book that is, that is fun to read? And so I had to team up. I had to know my limits. And so I know that my only superpower in writing a book is that I have these tools. So I was the guy in the field. So I'm the practical guy. Uh, but I, I, can, I cannot possibly be the writer, right? And also, I needed an editor who helps me write. I needed a graphic designer who makes something beautiful out of it. And I needed a publisher who brings this into all airports, all countries, all languages. And so it was a, a full-blown team effort. And I'm happy 
that I realized quickly, hey, you cannot write this thing alone. So I was writing for six months, but then I had editor refining, publisher refining, etc. Until it became a very good book, it took a full year. And so that was a learning uh, for me. I thought, okay, you can write a book in three months. No way. I just learned something too. Uh, you're not Austrian, as I introduced you in the beginning as Austrian, because you're in Austria. But I remember looking at your name and saying, Severino, that does not sound very Austrian. I'm just going to call him Austrian anyway. <laughs> I'm Italian in Austria. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, Italo-English is not something you want to read for many pages. So I had to team up. So the book, can you mention the name? And we'll put it in the show notes as well. But what's the name of the book again? Strategy Sprints by Simon Severino. Strategy Sprints. That's also the name of your company. It makes it really easy. Yes. And guess guess what's the name of our of our only offer that we have? Strategy Sprints also. So you got some solid branding going there. And that is cool. And that is something that I can I would recommend to everybody. Going by elimination year over year, find so you cannot start with it. It's tough to start with that because but you can go by elimination year over year, month over month. You just get rid of a little bit like Google get, gets rid of whole chunks of business. That's a good idea. And, and then you focus just on your most important thing, right? Google searches just on Google search, so internet search, internet search. That's their superpower. And that's it. And the rest they get rid of. And um, do your the same thing for your business. Every year, get rid of the old skin, like the snake, you know, getting rid of the skin. And then by elimination, you will find your core, your assets. And give yourself 10 years. It, it's, it's, it's not a matter of, of being quick. It's a matter of reducing to your essence. And that will help you a lot. Now, 21 years later of doing this exercise, uh, I have only Strategy Sprints company name, Strategy Sprints book, Strategy Sprints YouTube channel, Strategy Sprints method, uh, strategy sprints, certification method worldwide, etc. It's just two words. And so if you Google that, guess who's coming up? And has a lot going for it. One of my favorite words, alliteration, strategy sprints, but also those words are very descriptive for what you do. And something that's bothered me regularly in business is people like to say, um, work smarter, not harder. And I always think, I mean, yeah, don't put in a 24 hour day, but Shouldn't you work smart and hard? Because if you work only smart and your competition's working smart and hard, you're gonna you're not gonna make it. Like you have to at least keep keep up with them. And strategy sprints, you have kind of both aspects of the in there of hey, you need to run a sprint, but let's make sure it's in the right direction first. Yes. And the intense period is not the longest. When you do sprint training, uh, the intense training is very short. 200 meters intense, and then you have three minutes of relax, and then 200 meters. And then for three days, you don't do at all any interval training. So the intense part is, is very intentional and, um, and only in the moment where it really fits. For example, in a product launch, there are very specific parts where you should go all in, and the rest is more like a surfer. My my metaphor for that is like the wave pattern formation. So if you look at a wave in the ocean, 
In the beginning, right. it's very flat, nothing going on. And you have the surfers out there. They are doing nothing. They are more like philosophers than like athletes. They're doing nothing. They're waiting. And then something starts. They feel something and they start moving, but still quite relaxed. And then, oh, now we are onto something. There is something coming. And now they stand up. And this is the sprint part. Now you are on, on that wave and you sprint it down. This is very intense. This is where you need 105% of your presence. And then it's over. Spush, over. That's it. I love this analogy because I tried surfing when I first moved to LA and I was terrible at it. And I think I lacked the strategy um, because I was in good shape, had a board, I could go out there, but I got too short of a board. I was unaware of the wave patterns. I think it's every seventh wave is actually a big wave um, of where to be in the ocean to even catch the wave. Cause you can be like, Oh, waves coming. Great. Here's where I need to ride it. So I'll just sit here and wait for it to come to me. It's like, no, no, you got to catch it back there a ways and start paddling. I'm just like without the strategy, I was literally out there getting a great exercise. My shoulders would be burning. I'd have to come in once I was too exhausted to not catch another wave because I was just out there getting great shoulder exercise to no <laughs> avail the whole time. So I wasn't a surfer. I was exactly. actually just a, like a fitness guy in the water. I'd found a way to really work hard and get nowhere. Yeah. And that's what most people do. And if you think of a product launch, it's the same structure. We call it the structural integrity. So when, when our clients uh, say, help me design a product launch, we, we take this pattern formation of the wave and do the same thing. You don't have the most intensity in the beginning. You slowly build up interest, then engagement. And then after a series of very well-intentionally designed steps, then you go full in and say, hey, next week, the event, boop, 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 boop. This is the moment where you want to have omnipresence just for those couple of days. And then again, it's over, splash. And you let it go and you start the next thing. Don't annoy people. So it, the same thing happens there. And if you don't do that, then you are working out too much. You are sending too many emails. You are doing too many posts. You are burning out your team, but you will not have a great conversion on your product launch. So people hear this, and I see a lot of companies in our own company that um, the lack of moving forward sometimes is just, oh, but we're not ready for that. Yeah, we don't want to dump into that when this other part isn't ready. And then the company doesn't know what parts need to be ready. So there's the fear of, you know, doing they some sort of launch wave. when the launch isn't ready. And I guess that's where the consultants come in. When you've seen it before, you know, you know, this, I needed a surfing consultant to be like, Hey, dummy, go right here. Hey, um, now you start paddling and then, and then it actually works. And you're like, Oh, holy crap. I didn't just put in a ton of work for nothing. I, uh, not nothing. I got great exercise again. It was fantastic for that. You just never got to ride a wave. Um, so if you really want to ride that business wave, you need somebody who knows what they're doing ideally. And that's what your company does. Is your company's service a um, self-service model, some sort of hybrid? Uh, in other words, are you like hands-on consulting with people um, or, or is it tools or a little bit of both? We do one-to-one implementation consulting. So you get a sprint coach for people of your side have a sprint coach for 90 days, 24-7. It's a very intense 90 days. And, and those 90 days are a sprint coach that helps you literally 
having a game plan for the 90 days and solving one bottleneck in each of those 12 weeks. Because the goal is you will double revenue in 90 days. So we have to be intentional and the coach makes sure that you're doing the right things at the right time, that you don't over, over that you are not overly active before the wave is there and that you don't miss the wave when it is there. Because that's, that's the sprint part when you need all in. Right. And so it's about timing. And then it's also about having the tools and resources because if you say, oh, you have to improve your positioning, but you don't give them the tools, then it takes them forever. And so what I have done is I've put together the 274 templates that worked for us. And um, they now start with something. So it takes them just half an hour. So your coach says, improve your positioning. And you, and you go, okay, how do I do it? Yeah, how? Here is, <laughs> here, here is a seven-minute video where Simon shows you how he does it. Below, you click, make a copy, and use it as your own template. You put in 30 minutes. You do it. Then you upload it here. You get my feedback first from your coach. You tag me, a sprint coach, give me feedback before I launch it. And then you launch it. And three days after the launch, we will measure it together and we will review. So that's one loop. So I'd like we have to, 274 of these loops. I'd like to also, whenever we're on this show, giving people business advice, we kind of want to make sure they know if it doesn't apply to them. I'm sure there's a particular type of company that you work with and probably somewhere you're like, look, we don't have expertise in your field or this doesn't really work for your clothing manufacturing company or whatever it is. Maybe that is a good one. But can you, uh, can you say like, you, the strategies you've developed, um, what what type of company are they are they for and what type of company are they not for, I guess? They are developed for B2B companies that are doing more than 35K per month right now, are less than 10 people and realize that what they are doing right now will not make them scale, but they want to go from hustling to scaling. Right. So for if they're them, really small, they're not ready for this yet. Um, exactly. It's being too weak. Doesn't matter if you get out on the wave, you're just not gonna be able to paddle into it. Yes. So the question is, if you 10x tomorrow, which part breaks first? <laughs> and so for them, the delivery part breaks. So if they get 10 times more clients, they cannot deliver because they are still delivering. And right. so we get we need to get them out of the weeds and out of the delivery. For these people, uh, all these methods are created and uh, and the book the book is written for them. And again, the book strategy sprints, the company strategy sprints, the uh, product strategy sprints. I'm getting it now. By the end of the show, I got it. It's the same words. I can do this. <laughs> yes, you gotta make it easy for other people to remember your brand. Mm. So um, let's see, we're reaching the end here, talking all about agile strategy and, um, and agile practices. Any last thing that you'd like to leave the listeners with? I think we touched briefly on the, uh, you said something during the break. Speak to this more, maybe. Speed is not enough. We kind of touched on that, but I'd like to have you drill that in. Yeah, so some people go, oh, this is not working. Let's do more. But this is not working. Let's 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 put in more resources. And um, I would say this is a problem because in these situations you need to do less 
and take time to reflect. And what you need to reflect is, are we running in the right direction at the right pace? And this is what my tools will give you, the information. And in physics, that is called velocity. So velocity is not just speed. It's speed, including the direction. Uh, when you run a marathon, you can be the fastest runner, but you are running in the wrong direction. That's the worst marathon of your life. Well, you're, you're running serpentine. Um, <laughs> it doesn't help. No, not at all. And you can be the fastest paddler on that surfboard. You, that's that's gonna gonna do nothing if you're paddling in the right direction, in the I, wrong direction. I guarantee, I was using more energy than anybody out on that ocean. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's velocity as opposed to speed. And and when you have velocity and you are going in the right direction, even doing less will will move you forward more. That's really important. And, uh, and uh, people go, yeah, but how do I find out what's my less? And uh, this is where they can grab our free tools and they can find their less alone without us. They can go to strategiesprints.com and we have 15 of our tools for free, open source. They can download them, use them. If they have questions, they can shoot me an email anytime. Excellent. And uh, I think... You've almost made a haiku there. I'm sure someone could easily turn into one with run fast in the right direction at the right pace. <laughs> Some combination of that, I think would make a nice haiku. I'd like to see That's that. That's a cool t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that on the show notes as a quotation for you. Uh, fantastic. Well, I'd like the um, listeners, please do uh, check out the show notes on this episode. If you want to see more about, God, I almost, I'm almost, I keep trying to get your name wrong, even though it's right in front of me, Simon Severino of Strategy Sprints. You can find him at strategysprints.com on LinkedIn, uh, Simon Severino. And uh, if you want to go meet him in person, go to Austria. On behalf of Simon Severino and the If You Market team, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it, they will come.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.